Episode 53 of the Everything is Marketing podcast brought to you by the MLive Media Group online at mlivemediagroup.com or you can follow along on Twitter uh, at MLive Media Group on Twitter and as well on Facebook. Episode 53, I know I've been gone for most of the week. I will explain why in a second, but it's the Everything is Marketing podcast. Marketers ruin everything. Welcome to the Everything is Marketing podcast. What I don't want to do is to pretend this is show number one. What would the hero of your life's movie do right now? Do that. Do those things. Hey, it's Eric, and uh, I'm not going to make any excuses. I will just tell you that this is the final week of teaching uh, at Aquinas, so I'm grading a lot of papers and a lot of presentations. Therefore, I missed the first, first, uh, I should say, first three days of the week. And for that, I apologize. And for that, a lot of stuff has happened. Let's start with Bud Light. And if you missed the story yesterday, essentially, uh, here's it in a nutshell. Uh, They've been doing the Up For Whatever campaign for about 19 months at this point, and uh, Mashable caught on to them uh, that they uh, found a beer bottle that's part of the Bud Light campaign that says the perfect beer for removing quote-unquote no from your vocabulary for the night. Obviously um, not in great taste, and lots of people took them to task for uh, making rape jokes on the side of a beer bottle. And uh, then you get this from the vice president of Bud Light, which I always think is really interesting. The Bud Light Up For Whatever campaign, now in its second year, inspired millions of consumers to engage with our brand in a positive and lighthearted way. See, it's a good thing. In this spirit, we created more than 140 different scroll messages intended to encourage brand engagement. Here's the apology. It's clear that this particular message missed the mark. Really? And we regret it. We would never condone disrespectful or irresponsible behavior. Let me pause here for a second and wonder if rape actually falls into disrespectful and or irresponsible. Seems a little bit more escalated than that, but whatever. As a result, we've immediately ceased production of this message on all bottles. You know why I'm bringing this up. Not so much because it's Bud Light, but because when you see these sorts of things, when there's a social media firestorm, as people like to label them, um, the apologies are my favorite thing because rarely do they actually apologize. Rarely do they say, hey, look, we're trying to make a ton of noise in a really noisy environment, and we thought this one would connect. We didn't put two and two together. It was not intended to be a rape joke. We can see how you take it that way, and we're really sorry about that but that's not what you get what you get is things like millions of consumers have been in on the joke and clearly you're not and and we missed the mark and for that you know are bad and they're in a really interesting spot because you're hearing more and more conversations about the craft beer universe and if you're not in the craft beer universe know that there was a craft beer insurgents in the 90s that kind of fizzled out because a lot of people jumped into the craft beer universe and made a bunch of terrible beer, which of course killed that. But now that's not so much happening. And now things like this um, make people perhaps want to turn and try something else because maybe they're turned off by this idea. But like I said, this isn't so much picking on Bud Light as much as it is picking on how hard it is to market in 2015 when you're trying to just get somebody to pay attention. So you're putting things that model social media on physical things like a beer bottle. So it's a scroll message, right? A scroll message. If you watch Good Morning America right before they do the live shot outside, that's that's a scroll message, whatever's going by. Watching CNN or Fox News on the bottom, scroll message. So they're trying to get a digital feel on their physical product. 
product, and they're trying to get you to pay attention. Uh, Coke re-rolling out the summer campaign where it's got a share of Coke with whomever. Um, I saw a big display today at a grocery store that had millions and millions of names. Uh, obviously not millions, but lots of different names that I did not see the year before. So th- that campaign I find really interesting because I'm wondering the science. I would love to spend a couple minutes talking to them about the science of why they pick the names, where the names end up. Is there any science between names that end up on Coke Zero versus Coke versus Diet Coke? Because the display I saw was broken into three pieces, Coke, Diet Coke, and Coke Zero. And the names were slightly different. And I was wondering what the science, you know, what's that What's that customer research, right? This particular person who may fall within this particular age demographic and this particular uh, money demographic and this particular section of the universe perhaps might be named blah. Therefore, their name is on this bottle. Interesting stuff to pay attention to, but fun things to see as uh, you can see a campaign that I I really enjoy, Coke's campaign with the share of Coke with, because I think that's kind of a genius way to do this offline online marketing where something that happens in the online world, right? You and I become friends on Facebook. You and I become friends on Twitter. You and I become friends on whatever, and then we actually connect in the physical world. It happened this week when I was uh, at Celebration Cinema. They were doing a tweet up, you know, where you show up at an event and you live tweet with a live group of people, which is if you haven't had a chance to do that, I highly recommend it because it's a really fun way to um, get to know a lot of people. Number one, because it's a movie theater setting, so it's dark, right? So you're not staring at people for two straight hours. Number two, uh, it's an offline, online conversation happening instantaneously, so you can literally turn to the guy next to you who tweeted something funny and say, that was funny, and that adds a a different layer to what social normally is like when it's just you and I talking uh, either via our mobile device or via a laptop or whatever you're using. And what I thought was really fun, especially in this particular realm, was the event was about two, uh, two and a half hours long, and you could could see as people figured out their voice for talking about trailers. So what happens is they play two hours worth of trailers for all of the summer movies and you tweet snark about said trailers. Um, And it was fun to see people who were maybe quiet in the first 40 minutes as they were discovering their voice and figuring out what they were going to say and how they were going to say it. By the end, we're getting people in the theater to laugh at their tweets. And that's a really fun use of online, offline. Things that happen in social that happen in real life. And similar to what I like about the coca-cola thing you and i are friends and i'm at a grocery store and i see a coca-cola bottle with your name on it i'm likely gonna get it because that's a cool moment to be like hey man i was i was buying whatever bread and i saw coke zero and thought of you so here you go i think that's a much better use the up for whatever obviously is working for them in some way shape or form this was a huge flop you know, the removing no from your vocabulary. Um, most people see rape. I go, okay, well, is it no about I'm not going to stop drinking? Or, um, you know, are you not saying no to getting in your... Like, there's a million things that you shouldn't remove the word no when connected to alcohol with that it should have stopped before it got on a bottle, but it got on a bottle. And I think some of the up for whatever stuff um, is certainly fantasy, and they get away with some of the stuff because it, it is that. Like, you know, you've seen the commercials where they have up for whatever, Bill, and they're 
doing all these insane things that looks like um, Lollapalooza, Bonnaroo, and Coachella had a baby that uh, was covered in Bud Light. Those are fun ways to use this campaign. But this sort of thing, um, they've got to be really careful with this because it spreads like wildfire. And even more careful when you're doing the apology. I really feel that you actually should apologize. And I know in the corporate world, I'm likely not in the majority in the actually saying you're sorry. But I feel really strongly that you should actually say that you're sorry because you should actually mean it because it actually matters. There are people paying attention. There are people that can spread your voice all across the world. Social media is a really, really loud echo chamber. You've seen it this week in Baltimore. You saw it with Ferguson. You see it with a million things that happen where there's that one moment where everybody jumps into that one moment and is in to that one moment. And if you're a brand, the absolute last thing that you want is to be part of that moment, specifically if it's a negative moment, right? Bud Light does not want to be connected to rape jokes or the insinuation that they purposely put rape jokes on the side of a beer bottle. So they're backpedaling from it. But at the end of it, I think transparency and authenticity, which I talk about a lot, is the key to surviving these sorts of things when they happen. And they're going to happen. Big brands, I mean, a million people talk about this. When Josh Linkner was here, he talked about the idea of a battleship, right? A battleship moves very, very slowly. A big corporation moves very, very slowly. And sometimes it can't get out of its own way. It happens with millions of businesses. And one of the ways that you can survive those things when you don't get out of your own way is just to be transparent, is just to be authentic. Not to put yourself in sort of any sort of legal recourse, right? That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying if you can say actually that you're sorry, and perhaps in this beer bottle case, nothing nefarious happened, right? Just people were offended. That seems to me to be a pretty clear cut case of you being able to say, I'm sorry. It's not that hard. Much like empathy shouldn't be that hard, the ability to fall on your own sword and take responsibility for what you did and say that you're sorry, I think is an okay thing. We all know that we're being advertised to a lot. And we all know that 90% of them are terrible. And we would like to raise the hand or say congratulations to ad campaigns that actually do something that connects to us or with us or around us and we might be more apt to be empathetic towards your brand if you're trying something that works most of the time and falls flat in this case and and i get why people are offended and i'm not i'm not saying that they shouldn't be offended i'm merely saying that if you go back and you read that quote-unquote apology that reads like this the bud light up for whatever campaign is now in its second year congratulations has inspired millions of consumers millions of consumers to engage with our brand in a positive and light-hearted way in this spirit we created more than 140 different scroll messages intended to encourage brand engagement it's clear everyone that this particular message missed the mark and we regret it nowhere in there does it say i'm sorry just says they we regret it which to me reads like the internet version of meh. And so all I'm saying is that when you're doing this and when you're in crisis mode, you need to have people on your team that understand that going meh is not 
going to work in the social space. It's certainly not going to work when you're modeling your entire campaign around this idea of up for whatever. And it's really fun and it's really upbeat and it's uh, something that everyone wants to be a part of. It's inclusive. Those parties are meant to be inclusive and make no mistake about it. Budweiser, Bud Light, Coors, all those guys understand that the craft beer movement has got a lot of steam behind it. And they have to be very, very careful that they don't do too many crazy things to lose a misstep and something happens, right? Competitiveness is all around us. We talked about uh, how innovation is constant and that if you don't pay attention in any industry, you can be innovated right out of your industry by another competitor. And so they've got to try new things. They've got to new, do new fun things. And Bud Light has done some really fun things. This, for the most part, has been it. Just this week was not a great week for them. But it would have been a better week for them if they had just said, I'm sorry, as opposed to, meh. Okay, have a great day. We will talk tomorrow, I promise. I'm, I'm back on the horse. So uh, calm down. Stop sending me hate letters. Uh, I will be back tomorrow. Have a great day. Uh, get at me on Twitter if you need anything, at Polymath and Vine. And uh, as I have you, I want to say a big, huge uh, thank you to Celebration Cinema for the tweet-up. It was a great night and, again, one of my favorite brands. So anytime I can shout out to them, I'm happy to do it on Avengers Week specifically. So go see Age of Ultron in uh, some sort of IMAX platform because that is the uh, absolute best way to go see that. Um, so go do that. Enjoy Avengers. We will talk soon. Have a great day. It's the Everything is Marketing podcast.